morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening to this. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Dr. Andre Pintet, and this is the Dominate Pre-Med Show, where my sole objective, guys, is to give you what you need to get into medical school. I'm here to inspire you, to motivate you, to bring that positivity, productivity you need to navigate pre-med and get into medical school with a whole host of things. And today we are here for our second interview or second part of our interview with Omar Abdul-Malik, PA, and we're talking about the differences. We get into a whole host of topics today, talking about the differences between PA, MD, what the PA selection process is like, and what a typical day in his practice is. So make sure you guys tune in, check this out, and as always, if you enjoy this show, take the time, leave a review, because I may feature your review on the show, and if I do, you get a free course. So thank you guys very much for joining me. Let's get to it. But stop making excuses, stop whining, stop, right? Get at it. No excuses, just dominate. Um, So we talk about, now let's get to it, right? So you've gone through this journey, you've gotten all these degrees, you were pre-med, and and you've gone now into PA. What was the moment that you made this shift? So saying, oh, you know, I'm pre-med, I'm going to do this, and... And and making this shift to I want to be a PA, what was that change like? Because as you mentioned, you went in undergrad, you're like, why would someone want to train to go to college to be someone's assistant? So you didn't really know what PA was. And many right. students, whether they're students of color or not, really don't understand what a PA is. Yeah. And because they don't have a full understanding of it, may ignore it when it's an, a great, awesome career. So what was the moment that changed your mind and opened your eyes to what PA was and, and made you want to pursue it? Yeah, well, well it, was, it was a couple of things. One... I, I always felt intellectually inadequate. Um, and I, I think th- this is important that uh, my wife and I've got four children. So they're 20, 18, 16, and 12. So we'll have three in college, God willing, by the end of this year. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> with that. crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... What I tell people is that not every college, not every learning environment is ideal for every person. I started my academic sojourn at Stony Brook University. It was huge, huge. It was the size of of a small city. It's part of the um, SUNY system, State University of New York. And you can get lost in the proverbial sauce. Everybody's a science. It's a high-tech, high-science. Teachers don't care if you come to class or not. Um, and that was not a good environment for me. I just said that I was not self-disciplined enough to, to survive in that environment. Um, when I came to DC and I went to the UDC and went to a small, smaller college, it was important for me to have that nurturing. Um, and, and I started, I said, okay, this is how I can push myself with, with baby steps. Um, my last semester of, of school, I took 21 credits and <laughs> the teachers didn't want to sign me up because it was all advanced sciences. Like, they're like, Mr. Malik, you, you can't do this. You're going to flunk everything. I was like, no, I can't. And I was working full time as a nursing assistant. I got a 3.96 GPA that semester. Keep in mind, I was going. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was working as a, as a certified nursing assistant at night. And then coming to class in the morning, <laughs> you know, um, and and that's how hungry I was. Oh, and after I graduated, I took the Kaplan course and did pretty well on the MCATs. 
and I, I did well enough to where I was actually tutoring people on the uh, how to take the MCATs. Um, but I didn't get in. But I, I again, still kind of having this vague idea about what a PA was. And it happened that uh, this friend of my dad's was a PA. He let me shadow him one day. And I was like, because he kept saying, well, I do everything the doctor does. And I was like, well, wh what does that mean? And this is the importance of shadowing, guys. You have to shadow a PA and you have to shadow a doctor. Do as many as you can. Um, once I shadowed him, I was like, yo, this is awesome. Okay. I think this, this is what, this is more kind of a fit for what I'd like to do. So I got in, long story short, I got into PA school. Um, and uh, I became a PA. Now, when I had the opportunity again to go to, um, to medical school, I was just like, ah, I don't really want to do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I like what I'm doing now. And I decided not to go to medical school for this reason. I did my um, my uh, rotation, my uh, trauma surgery rotation at the school at this um, hospital called DC General. Now, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Washington DC had the highest murder rate per capita in in, in the country, um, and this was during the '90s. Brothers were coming and shot up literally every week, and at some point, I was like, I'm seeing the same guys that I saw out of my emergency medicine rotation. And I asked one guy, I said, what are you guys doing out there? He's like, yo, banging doc, there's a wall going on. I said, you guys don't own one brick of DC. What are you doing? So I said, well, what, what are, the, are the doctors, the black, where are all the black positive doctors getting involved in the community? And nobody was really doing it because nobody wants to go out there and take a risk and shot and working with, with the thug life is, it's exhausting. And can get you killed. I wanted to be that that brother that was out in the community and knew people. And even now, when I walk the streets, people know me. They're like, yo, what's up, Doc? Yo, man. Hey, yo, I'm a holler at you. I ain't seen you a bit, man. Where you been at? And it's kind of cool just being that role model. And and that's this, I'm doing exactly what I always wanted to do, uh, giving back to my community. And and I'm really here. I'm here. I live in the community, I work in the community. Um, so, so that's, that's really where I made the shift. And then I, I did the doctorate in health education because, um, Andres, you and I were talking about this whole coronavirus thing. There needs to be a really big push toward health literacy and, uh, you know, developing a scientifically, scientifically literate community. That, that's my passion now. Yeah. So I, I guess I hope, I hope that answered one thing that you hit on that I think is also important for students is that a lot of people think that, oh, if I don't become a medical doctor, I can't serve my community. I yeah. can't be there doing those things. And yeah. you've done that as a PA. So yeah. kind of in your in your opinion, PA versus MD in your experience, how have you managed to give back to the community and make that a priority and be able to live that as a physician assistant? And is that something that physician assistants are capable of doing? What should students think about as they're going into PA versus MD and the impact they're going to be able to make both in a public health perspective, as you mentioned, being an educator, you get paid to come out and speak and, and talk about health topics and spreading awareness and, and bridging that education gap. But then also 
Um, also going back and being able to do things outside of clinical medicine and being a, a leader in healthcare and being a leader in your community. How do you think uh, that career uh, choice has affected it? Yeah. So, so being a PA, it, it's given me the, one of the differences, um, obviously in the, in the length of time of, of training, you have something called lateral mobility. So I've worked, I've been a, a clinical coordinator, a research coordinator, uh, adjunct faculty member, a researcher, a public speaker. So you could do a lot of stuff as a PA. You don't have the physician title. Um, with being a PA, um, I've used the medical knowledge that I have to start. I started a young boys science program, it's the uh, Boys International Science Club. And it's boys between the ages of eight to 12 and I have like she parts and we, and, and I bring in stethoscopes. Everybody can sit on stethoscope and we auscultate for uh auscultate. Don't listen to me. Auscultate for heart sounds and auscultate for lung sounds. And I've got ophthalmoscopes and autoscopes. So this is something that, that I'm able to have the time to do even with my busy schedule. Um, I'm a, a distance runner. So I run through the hood <laughs> <laughs> and some of the nurses were like, you run in this neighborhood? I said, yeah, I'm not going to be scared of my people. <laughs> and people, and, and you know, folks see me like, yo, hey, what's up, man? Are you getting it in? All right, man, yeah. I'll see you. And it's a good example, I think. And, and I, I think that, that's something I'm able to do as a PA. There, I will say this. There is nothing that I've wanted to do in medicine that I have not been able to do because I'm a PA. Um, there's a PA who I just met a few months ago who opened up her own practice. She partnered up with a with a doctor, and I think she's like she she started with um, there's like two PAs and two doctors, but they all put their money in, so they're equal partners. So you can do that. Yeah. Um, I I I would say if and I, I did a video on this a couple of years ago. Other than maybe the the prestige of of you know if you say well yeah I'm a doctor and people are like oh wow you're a doctor <laughs> but you know I mean as you experienced yeah that's yeah. short lived because then people are yelling who do you think you are yeah. you're a medical doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah who are you are you not? yeah and I I think that's one of those things that I think that's something to touch on is I think so many students feel like the prestige of medicine drives them to be and to pursue the MD and they don't recognize that you, you create your own prestige by being excellent in whatever field you choose. And yeah. people often look at like, Oh, well, I'm not going to do medicine. I'm going to do PA. It's a, uh, no guys, we are all healthcare workers trying to work together as a team to help patients. And you make the impact that you set out to make. Right. You are as respected, as proficient as you want to be. And I think it becomes talk about health education literacy is people understand PA is a phenomenal career. And I thought it was important also that we talk. And, and if you guys don't know, Dr. Omar Abdul-Malik has his own YouTube channel. Make sure you guys go and you subscribe to his channel and watch his videos. But what he's talking about here is very important because so many people choose a career based on what other people are going to think about them as opposed to picking a career that fits themselves and then stepping into that role and making it that life. And so for you guys, I think 
for me, the reason I wanted to be pre-med and become a doctor was because that's what I knew about healthcare. My dad was like, listen, don't be like me and struggle. Go get yourself a career, get educated, be a doctor. And it was like, be a doctor or you can live in the projects like I did. And I was like, I don't live in the projects. Let's go be a doctor. And so that's like all I knew. I didn't know that there were other careers in medicine. And it was funny. I was having this conversation the other day in in the attending lounge, talking to other anesthesiologists who are attending, who are medical doctors. And we were having a discussion about how there are so many great, what we would call mid-level provider uh, careers that people are unaware about. I'm like, man, I look at, you know, this profession, a PA or a CRNA or a nurse yeah. practitioner, and you look yeah. at these other careers, and these are phenomenal careers where people are actually, and it was funny, the reason I bring this up is because the conversation we were having was because, I guess, I don't know if this is too much to spill or whatever, but essentially, there's a lot of politics in medicine. <laughs> and there's a limited amount of dollars, there's a lot of patients to help, and everyone feels like the dollars to be allocated differently, right? What's different, right? It's politics, everything, right? And so in the hospital, it's funny because our department is anesthesia. We're like, listen, we need these resources to be able to bring in more staff for these hours for coverage and whatever. And the person who's denying this is actually a nurse who is the administrator right. on top of our yes. department. It's like, oh, gosh. Right. Yeah. But it, it, so people, I think, sometimes think that you can't be a healthcare leader if you're a mid-level provider. You absolutely can be. And it's a matter of you making that decision that you're going to be that leader. So I don't want you guys to think... Uh, that if you are a PA or you are anything, or either, even if you're a nurse, you there are tons of leadership opportunities, and it's important that we all are aware. I only knew about being a doctor. That's why I became a doctor. But there are plenty of other perfectly viable, perfectly wonderful, even better fits maybe for you than being a doctor, and you have to explore that and be open to that and say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm not sure what's out there, but let me, let me go look and be open to as things hit you as opposed to... Because and I think I always tell people like one of my favorite things to do with students is to convince them not to go to medical school. Because if you find a student and you know that medical school is not right for them, and you can convince them to follow a path they're actually going to be happy about, that's really rewarding. So I think that you guys should understand that that there are plenty of other careers that have great opportunities, have great aspects, and allow you to do things. And other than the title, like he he said, PAs do exactly what MDs do. There's very little difference. And so it's it's a great career. And I'll I'll share this with you guys. I I worked an extra shift this this week because a doctor couldn't make it. Okay. So so we exchange shifts with each other. Um, Now, by law, I'm constantly in touch with with a, a supervising position we have to have a supervising position by law and um you know I've, I've got a great supervising position there was a time like when i was younger that bothered me like i said i'm in my 50s now i, I got into this field i was i think 31 yeah 31 when i became a pm 51 now soon to be 52 god what 20 years so, two decades of PA. yeah man. yeah get it done get right. it done so so i am my ego is like, I just want to live <laughs> long enough to help watch my kids become independent. <laughs> Spoken like an old wise man. I, I just want my kids to do well. Yeah, I just want to be yeah, happy yeah. in my day and watch my kids yeah, be yeah, well. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. That's yeah. what I'd be saying to me. I'm like, everything's all good. Yeah. If my kids are good, yeah. it's a good yeah, day. Yeah, that's what I tell my right? kids. Like, and, you know, my wife and I, just, I, I, I don't think she'll mind this. Her 50th birthday was, was two days ago. No. One week ago, yeah. Yeah, don't so, mess it up. You got to get it right because yeah, you won't right, forget right, right. that. <laughs> I'll run this right. back. <laughs> but but um, late happy it, birthday it was, to her. Yeah, but it was it was 
We've been married 25 years. And that to me, that is, that's, that to me is the most important thing. I know doctors, this doctor had a horrible relationship. It's half his money. Now he makes more than twice what I make. Half his money goes to his ex and the child support. So, and he still got the student loans. So, you know, when you're looking at the salaries and he's a miserable guy, I hate working with the guy. I'm glad he's this particular person left. I'm, I'm claiming a statute of limitations because it's just the person's no longer with us. But I, I'm, I'm happy that I don't have to work with the person anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really what you want to look at your life, guys, is that we're not here for a very long time. Our lives are, are linear. Okay. So if you're a video game, like I used to be a big video game freak. My, my, my kids took over from me. But, you know, you got your little lifeline, like your Mario Brothers thing and you you know the lifeline starts to go down so when you get to be my age the average life expectancy is what 78.5 or whatever when you get to where i am at you know i i, I dare say where we are <laughs> but it's like you start to look at okay how much time do i have left here yeah. and i don't want to waste it and am i really happy you know can i look back at that so you you know what I made the right decisions. I'm telling you this from experience. Who you live with as your mate, that that is that that is a huge. That's probably the single most important experience. Jobs come and go, careers come and go. I personally know doctors who just said, "Look, you know what? I decided to walk away from medicine." I don't, I don't. Good, good friend of my parents, very successful OBGYN practice that catered to like. The established got sick of it, got sick of the yeah. overhead, got sick of like chasing after patients when the when the payment structures. And this is another thing, guys, there's going to be a lot of changes depending on what administration is in charge. So so you've got reimbursement issues. So doctors yeah. don't get reimbursed for services. I mean, you know, yeah, like like they used to. She just got and she walked away. She started doing consulting and businesses and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's a very good point is, is chase the money, but that money comes and goes, jobs come and go is life. So let's talk about that. So you've been married for 25 years. Congratulations on that. Yeah. How have you balanced your career in, in healthcare and the family? And how do you make those two things work? Because even, you know, as much as we try to control our healthcare hours, yeah. as you had to pick up an extra shift last night, like yeah. things happen. Things get busy. How do you stay, you know, with your priorities and what's important to you and your value system and balance that lifestyle out? Well, I, I'm I'm very blessed and fortunate um, to be married to to um, the type of woman that I'm married to. She, my wife, is an awesome homemaker. She's an incredible educator. So I, I one of my values. It sounds old fashioned, but I didn't want my wife to have to work. And by that, I mean, she doesn't have to grind. It's like, look, baby, if you don't work 40 hours a week and then pick up some moonlighting hours at Walmart, because, you know, you can get, you know, head cashier, they got an opening right. and maybe we can pay the mortgage. Or the, I mean, that puts tremendous stress on right. a marriage. So I wanted to be, I wanted to have the type of marriage and the type of finances where my spouse didn't have to work to just to make ends work. So right. she doesn't have to. 
So her passion is like really working with our children. And I think we've got these four amazing kids. I've been all of them now. I'm like, wow, that's so cool, man. They're all like <laughs> up to here on me. And I try to spend time with each one of them and, and um, to appreciate their individuality. And as they, as they trans are older, older ones transition into young adulthood, kind of not helicopter over them, let them make their young adult mistakes, not fall too hard, but like, okay, well, let's try this career path. Well, what do you think about that? What do you think about this? Um, and, and then I'm a community leader. Uh, people maybe <laughs> I don't want to be, but I, I'm, I do a lot of community services. So I, I go to um, our local masjid in, um, that's a Muslim place of worship, give lectures. I teach classes. Um, I also do it at community rec centers. And, and just, it, it takes, I describe life like this. It's not a seesaw. Like you'll see this 180 degree bell. It's not where you got this fulcrum. It's not that. It's, it's, a, it's a mobile. So you got you got this thing here. <laughs> You're going to build the mobile right here. Yeah. We are and, live and, action people. Look at this yeah. live action building yeah. mobile right there. And, and it's like, okay, well, if I take time out with my wife and things, that, no. and then, okay, well, no, okay, this kid needs that. Oh, wait, oh. No. You know, and it's it's very, um, it, it takes, you're, you're in constant balance mode. So. Right. I, I would say number one, you have to be extremely self-disciplined. I'm not a very intelligent guy. Like on the bell curve, I'm probably right in the middle. And if there's any credence to these ridiculous eugenics guys with Negroes, <laughs> I might even be behind it though. So I I compensate for that by discipline. Okay. I found with I had a um, one of my professors, Dr. El Opinion. Um, when we graduated from PA school, he said, read something every day, even if it's just a page. And I try to do that. It, we got, you know, I don't, we're from the time when before Google, you could Google Siri. Yeah. What is such and such? You know, yeah. you actually had to look stuff up. You had to go to the library, find the journal, look in the card catalog, find the journal, yeah. <laughs> hope the journal was there. So, you know. Yeah. Read the latest information, and you don't have to be an expert, but get a general sense of this stuff. Um, and, and you can compensate for your lack of intelligent quotient. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say um, exercise. Exercise is huge. So again, being a distance runner, uh, my my one son, my 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 uh, six, soon to be sixteen year old, actually is taking a distance money. So we're we're going to do our um, our half marathon, rock and roll marathon together. Nice. 15.1 uh, <laughs> miles of training. Uh, uh, my oldest son likes to lift weights, so we do lift weights together. The youngest one likes to go swimming, which I hate doing. But you <laughs> do it anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't even swim. I dog paddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my daughter, I haven't quite figured out what she likes to do, but she likes to just kind of chill and go yeah. to a movie. So we'll, we're just the rest that, of you but, guys are active enough for her. She'll watch you guys. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then my wife and I try to do a, a walk. Oh, and then we all. My wife's a black belt. She got her black belt before me. Gotcha. So, so we all we take karate class at the community rec center. Not that we're gonna go out for UFC or MMA, 
but because it's a good family fitness activity. No. Um, and it just, it just takes, I would tell you guys this, especially for those of you guys that are younger, look, look at, and, and Dr. Ponsett, you, you've talked about a lot about this, the importance of, of a schedule. If you look at your time from the time you wake up from the time you go to bed, there's a lot of empty space in there. And we got these cell phones now. My God, they're ubiquitous. Yep. And, and, you know, you, by the time you get through Facebooking and FaceTiming and you've wasted, you've spent hours that you could have done in self-improvement, you know. So, so really work to have, have an idea. I, I knew what type of man I wanted to be when I was a lot younger, like in my early 20s. Um, and my dad was a good role model. Um, he's still alive today, that guy, healthy. I, I knew that I wanted to be somewhat of a kind of a leader, not maybe on a national level, but at least a community level. I knew I wanted to be fit. Yeah, I'm a small guy, but I'm, I, I'm pretty strong for a skinny guy. I knew that I could make myself smarter than I actually thought that I was. Just the discipline of reading yeah. and not watching so much junk. Um, so I, I've reached. Are you, are you on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? No, I'm not on TikTok. No, I'm not no. on TikTok either because it's no. junk. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. So see, there's, I, a, there's always new stuff. There's always some new thing to distract you guys. And yeah. I think that was such an important point you meant there. Or you said there, it doesn't matter where you are in your natural brain proclivity to be smart, to be intelligent. You make yourself intelligent by feeding your brain. You mentioned read something every day. I am constantly, it, I challenge you guys, right? So I, I do events and I'm out at different places. If you see me, I challenge you. Ask me what two books I'm carrying because I always carry two books for me. I might be in the mood for one of them, but one of them I will want to read and I make yeah. sure that I read every single day. And that if you do that, you'll build this fund of knowledge that will make you rich in knowledge and you'll be, all of a sudden you'll see like, wow, I know a lot of stuff. That's kind of cool. Like you will be that intelligent person. I'm going to disappear for, I'm going to show you something. Two seconds. Okay. <laughs> the second part of that is that for you guys understanding that you can overcome your lack of intelligence by being consistent and putting that work in. So for you guys just okay. joining us, we are live Sorry. action. Two doctors here, Dr. Pines and Dr. Omar Abdul-Malik. We got a PA, we got a physician, and we're talking about PA-dom, physician-dom, being black in healthcare. We're talking about things. If you have questions, put them in a box. I'm addressing some of you guys' questions as I ask uh, Omar these questions. I'm bringing you guys' questions in, so make sure you guys ask questions. If you guys are enjoying this, we are live action. We are scrapping this together. As Rana just said, like, I love when healthcare professionals pull out pens and papers. We are, he pulled out that mobile in the moment. So again, kudos for having that. But if you guys are enjoying this, make sure you guys take a second, like the video. Please, 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 please go subscribe Omar Abdul Malik's YouTube channel and make sure you guys let him know that you guys are happy to have him here because he's taking time. Like I said, he values his family. He's, he's in a room locked away from his family right now to be here with you guys. So I truly, truly, I appreciate it. And I want you guys to know, in case you just are getting here, we are live action. This is a live interview impromptu and a, like appreciate this for what it is and show your appreciation by liking the video and commenting and letting a Dr. Abdul Malik know that you appreciate him being here and sharing this with you guys. So he just went to go get another visual aid yeah. Yeah. at the moment. What we got? Yeah. All right. So this is, I'm talking about reading <laughs> and um, guys, I'm telling you this, this is what people have said to me, why they want to go to PA school instead of MD school. I said, well, 
you know, you don't have to study as long. So let me tell you something. I've been a PA for 20 years. The stuff that I learned 20 years ago has changed. I started in HIV medicine. This whole classes of medications like protease inhibitors, non-nucleoside, reverse transcriptase inhibitors, non-nucleoside, this whole medications that aren't even used anymore. So, and, and then I, I learned DSM-3 when I was taking, um, doing my psychiatry. DSM-3? Now it's DSM-5. Yeah, man. That's how old I am. Yeah. We had JNC-6 for Joint National Committee on, uh, for hypertensives. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So the stuff has changed. There's procedures that aren't done anymore. Yeah. Here's something. Now, I've been working as a hospitalist for the past five years. This book, I don't know if you can see this. This is... Uh, oh, yeah. This is critical care and the ho and hospitalist medicine made ridiculously simple by uh, Michael Donahue and Mark, uh, Dr. Mark um, Gladwin. Look at this. Look, you see that? Got tags in there. Now, I've been, actually one of your lectures, Dr. Funset, um, affected me because I'm a highlight freak. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, Doc, got it. Oh, no. Yes, you guys know. For you young people, see, yeah. he's senior enough to know how to study. He's okay. He's not studying for a test. He's studying for his life. He can yeah, use yeah, his yeah. highlighter. You no. characters don't use your highlighter. You're not allowed. No. I, I, <laughs> do as we say, not as we do. Don't worry about what he's well, doing. <laughs> well, actually, no, I, I use less highlighters because of you. <laughs> but um, yeah, just to show you guys, you know, the studying doesn't stop. This is my typical patient. So here's a patient here. They got a BiPAP on. They're hooked up to mechanical ventilation. Uh, yeah, the, the got all these acronyms here. SOFA, CHADS, PEEP, AKI, BNP. I got to know all that stuff. And that's my typical patient. And people are looking to me. They're like, okay, what do we do? No. You know, so, so even though my knowledge base isn't as the breadth and the depth is not on par with a doctor. I have to know what the heck I'm doing because, and I'll tell you guys this, if, um, for those of you guys that are old enough to remember again, is, um, if you, uh, saw the show called ER, you remember ER, man, ER. Little oh, Clooney, little old school yeah, Clooney. Man. George Clooney. Yeah. That used to get my adrenaline pumping and they'd bring the person in and they'd be like, Okay, I need a BNP with a CB and a CBC with diff. Hey, okay, I need AP. I need a chest X-ray. Uh, AP lat. All right, somebody get um, get uh, ortho down here. We got, and I was like, oh my god, how do they know all that stuff? Oh my god, how could? And I I didn't think it'd be possible for me to ever even know that stuff. And now I'm the one doing it, you know. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. It's like okay, you do your ACLS protocol, and, but you have to, guys. The discipline that it takes, because I'll tell you, what happens is, I don't care if you're a nurse practitioner student, PA, MD, DO, you're going to get to a point where once you get out of school, the stuff starts to get routine. And other than getting your CMEs, those are your category, your category one continuing medical education <laughs> credits that you got to get every two years. You're going to be, the average person gets comfortable and then they get yeah. complacent and then they get lazy. Yep. And, and, and that's where I am. And I try to push myself not to be lazy. So I'm working on publications. One of my, um, one of, there's a brother who uh, graduated uh, from the doctoral program with me. This guy's got over 200 um, 
publications and peer-reviewed wow. journals. And I'm like, God, wait a minute. I felt so bad. So I forced myself to publish something, give a lecture somewhere, talk about something, turn in an abstract somewhere, just for the discipline of doing it. You know, I got a, I got my own library. This is, this is, I post some of my stuff to Instagram so you can see what I'm studying. What's your Instagram? Shout it out for everybody. Oh, so it's uh, O underscore Abdul Malik. Yeah, so um, O underscore A, B is a boy, D is a doctor, U L M is medicine, A L I K. And I'll but, make sure I put uh, his Instagram and a link to his YouTube channel in the description so you yeah. guys can get it. But make sure you guys go yeah. follow and support, yeah. subscribe. Yeah, but guys, uh, he's, he's, got he's dropping gems on you guys right yeah. now. I might have to do this weekly because yeah. he's yeah. kicking knowledge to you guys right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because when you when you the the kind of pressure that you have as a student when you're like, oh, I got an exam, two exams here that I got to write. Then I got to give the presentation. Oh, my God. And I forgot there's that three page paper in medical ethics. Ah, what they give us medical yeah. ethics? You're going to take medical ethics. Um that's that's a different type of pr- and then your boards. Oh my god! I don't care if you're doing the USMLE. Got that weird USMLE board pass or fail thing. That's another. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, we hit on that, guys. You guys yeah, said yeah, that video yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> but your your pants or your NCLEX. Now I study. Well, what's the pants? Because, Let's talk about that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what's so, the pants? So the pants is that's the physician assistant national, um, PA. Uh, Physician Assistant National Certification Exam. Okay. Um, let's take an even further step back. Yeah. So let's talk about PA admissions briefly. Yeah, okay. Even though this is not right. the exciting stuff. This stuff is exciting, yeah, yeah. but, yeah. but okay. I'm just getting, we're getting some questions about admissions, so I want to okay. make sure we cover that. You guys having fun yet? This is part two with Omar Abdul-Malik. It's a wonderful interview. Uh, we're going to continue. We're going to get into PA admissions next time. But today you heard a little bit about the PA lifestyle versus the MD. And I just want to reiterate that it's important to understand that we can't pick a career based on what other people are going to perceive of us, what other people tell is right for us. We have to make the decision of what career is right for us. What is the fit? And even though many of us, and, and myself included, I didn't know about other careers in, in healthcare. I just knew that doctor was a career in medicine. I thought it was the only career and that it would give me the opportunity to work with people, to, to think critically and to create stability in a career for myself and my family. And that's what I knew about it. But I want you guys to know there's a whole lot of other careers, including being a physician assistant, that will allow you to have many of the perks of being a doctor, including the satisfaction of helping other people, the ability to challenge yourself and constantly have to grow your knowledge, as we were talking about in this episode, and then ultimately that career stability that many of us who didn't come from the most stable environments really long for, right? We want to be able to provide for our families and do so in a way that it's not always stressful where we're going to eat, where we're going to live, what we're going to do. So I highly recommend you you guys consider other careers in medicine. And one great way to get informed is to check out YouTube channels and podcasts. And I'm going to be doing a lot of um, videos and interviews with other specialties, other careers in medicine, just so you guys can get a hint of that and kind of going beyond the curtain of, okay, what is this career on the front end? But really, what is the lifestyle like? What are you able to do? And then how has that impacted your career? And would you do it again? So really getting those questions. So look for those interviews. And as those are added, I'll make sure I link them in the show notes. Um, For right now, as we started talking about 
a career in medicine and understanding what it entails and the long journey of it, I want to encourage all of you guys that one of the most important skills you can develop is a healthy and productive mindset. And so to help you guys with that, I put in the box below a discount for my course, a successful student 21 day mindset makeover to help you guys get your mindset right, to get that belief in yourself that no matter what comes at you, I can overcome. Right? What are my priorities? What is my life about? What matters to me? And how can I operate in line with those priorities to be my best self? So check that out in the box below. And as always, guys, I'm here to serve you guys. So get to studenttransformation.com and leave me a voicemail if you have a question. If you have a topic you want me to discuss, I'll make sure your voicemail gets answered and make sure that you possibly are featured on this show. This is all about you guys. So help me help you by telling me what you need. I will see you next time as we end every single show. It's the same. It's no excuses, just Omni. Have a great day, guys. Today is the day, guys. No more excuses, no more complaining. You're going to take your future in your own hands. You're going to dominate. You're going to be successful. Get to my website, studenttransformation.com. I challenge you. What are you going to do today to make your life better?